Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Your emotions are so clearly so right there on the surface. You felt shock. You felt anger. You felt sadness. Do you feel guilt? No, no. I feel that there is, I, I feel that, that, that uh, someone is responsible for what happened, and I can't say who that is, but I know it's not. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. How are we doing? I feel like it's been a while since I talked to you, but it really hasn't. It's been a week. I feel like, I don't know, are you guys feeling this way too? Something feels like the vibes are off. Like, I feel something bubbling under the surface that's about to happen, and I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, so I don't want to alarm any of you guys, you know, because I am an oracle. Um, But I just feel something's gonna happen. I feel like something's gonna happen. So mark my words. If it's bad, I'm sorry. If it's good, you're welcome. So let's move on. Gosh, this week has been, in terms of celebrity news and pop culture, a mess. It's been a real mess. Who thought that, like, I really felt like after Keeping Up with the Kardashians went away that we would be free in a certain sense of this family. And yet that isn't happening. It's not, not happening at all. It's, uh, it's been a mess, but more on that later. Let's get into, you know, my favorite segment, top of the top of the show girl. Um, I'm going to give it this week to Jen Shaw. I mean, really anybody that I'm about to talk about can get it, but I'm going to give it to Jen Shaw this week because ma'am, she's really, I mean, we all know what's going on with Jen. We all know what's going on with Jen. Um, so here's the deal. The Hulu special, The Housewife and the Shaw Shocker, came out. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I did not watch it. I don't plan on it. <laughs> and from what I heard, I think I'm saving myself some time. Um, so I can't speak from any personal uh, knowledge of whether or not the uh, the show was good. I heard it wasn't. Sorry. <laughs> but with that being said, Jen is now, I mean, we all know this. She is like, you know, just a, a rat at a sinking ship or whatever the analogy is, just scratching to get out any possible way she can. And she is now trying to use this special to not only get her out of her indictment, but also to bring the hammer down on the legal system for doing her wrong. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's happening. So apparently there were on the special two special agents from Homeland Security where they were talking, they were giving details about the investigation that apparently were not publicly available prior to this. And they talked about, you know, what type of woman Jen is, how she had a lavish lifestyle, how this is sort of, you know, she looks like a typical scammer, like a typical fraudster. Um, So apparently there was an agent named Rick Patel. He commented about the circumstances surrounding Jen's arrest and says that Jen's alleging that they made highly prejudicial statements about her hiding money in offshore accounts and even suggested that she possibly had some ties to organized crime. Now, those people, I don't want to name names, but for those people who are, have a even a tangential knowledge of law and how these sorts of things work, Everybody kind of said the same thing, like that Jen was probably involved in something more sinister than just what this is. Like maybe their mob ties. Would anybody be surprised? Truly. Now, Jen's claims are that basically these people are making prejudicial statements, statements that don't look good for her. And then anybody who will watch this uh, show will it basically just ruined her chances and it ruined her chances of possibly getting a fair trial because this is so biased against her well here's the thing you probably could have avoided this documentary if you chose not to sign on for season two you know um maybe not but possibly and i know that season two already started before she you know got run up on but i don't know i It's like, how much responsibility are we all going to take for putting ourselves out there? And if you don't like what comes back to you, that's really kind of on you. Now, to be fair, do special agents need to be talking about this? Yeah, because that's what makes good content. (laughs) Frankly, I would imagine that if this was something that they shouldn't have done, it would have been shut down very quickly. So I don't really know how much of a case Jen Shaw has, um, but I think she might just need to worry and focus on the one that she's got going because it's not looking good for her. Maybe let's not try to diversify your troubles any further than they already have been. Ma'am, ma'am, you got a big... So I'm brewing for me. And like, is Coach Shaw, is anybody looking at Jen directly in the eyes and telling her, you're fucked, miss. You are fucked. And maybe you need to focus on that. The fact that she thinks that she's going to use this Hulu documentary to get out of like several federal charges when her co-conspirator just pled guilty and is looking at maybe 70 years in jail. (laughs) I mean, throw the Hail Mary pass. God help you, girl. Because I honestly, like, I I even think about those old Maury clips of the kids having to go to, like, Scared Straight or to go to, like, the old, to go to jail. And, like, you know, the the, the prisoners are, like, beating on the wall and screaming at them as they go into the entry and they're crying. Like, that's me. That's me on the other side of the TV. I, you guys, I am not built for jail. I'll tell you that right now. I am weak (laughs) i'm weak and i will fold like a cheap card table within seconds and i have no problem admitting that so i get it like if i were in her position would i be trying any possible thing to get out of it yeah but also at some point you know let's just put all our eggs in the basket that's might be helping us girl because all this is doing is causing more attention to you and really it probably isn't a good look like How do judges and courts stop themselves from being biased when a, when a client acts like this or a defendant or a, yeah, when they act like this, how do you do that? Mm. Well, that's for Jen to figure out, not us. Anyway. (laughs) All right, you guys, let's move on to something dark. Uh, Speaking of specials, Alec Baldwin did a 2020 interview with George Stephanopoulos and I, (laughs) yikes, you guys, I didn't watch it. I just watched clips, which I know is probably possibly unfair, but the clips I saw were not the ones that I think one could say that in hindsight, we're taking out of uh, context. These 
they were bad. They were really bad. Um, first of all, I would say uh, the first icky thing is the fact that Alec is doing an interview that really centers more about him and not his victim, Helena Hutchins. That seems to me would be the first thing that I would say, uh, not a great look, you know? So there were two pull quotes that particularly caught fire and people were uh, rightfully very upset with. So at one point in their interview, George is talking about, you know, the incident and he says, you know, had it not been for it having been written into the script that you pulled the trigger, then, you know, do you ever think about what would have happened? You know, like a sliding door situation. And Alex's response is, well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. So like, hmm. Okay. So you're saying that the gun just went off. Now I'm not a Hollywood baby. I don't know really a whole lot. You know, basically what I know about set safety when it comes to guns is because of the story. Now, what we're saying is that there were, if you're implying that you did not pull the trigger, we're talking about an extraordinary set of circumstances, circumstances in which you, there happened to be a live round in this gun. And then also, it just happened, just so happened, that when you pointed them at two people, that they both got hit. And you didn't pull the trigger. Now, I thought that there were like, I don't know what the technical term is, but things that would stop you from pulling the trigger, right? So I don't, it just seems like very, oh, Alec, why did he do this, you guys? Why did he do this? The second quote, oh my gosh, he didn't, by the way, he didn't explain like how it could have, how the gun could have gone off if he didn't pull the trigger. No explanation on that. So then George asked him if this is the worst thing that's happened to you. And he says, yeah, absolutely. Because I think all the time about what could have happened, what I could have changed, what could have been different. But then George asks him if, do you feel guilt? Like straight up. And Alex says, no, someone is responsible for what happened. And I can't say who that is, but I know it's not me. Hmm. I'm like really trying to approach a story with as much levity or not levity, but like, you know, kindness and empathy as I can. And I don't want to make a joke out of this like at all, but, and I also have to understand that Alec is probably almost certainly going through it mentally. And I would imagine is trying to even subconsciously distance himself from what happened. Like, I can't, I can understand that. I get that. But the truth is, how do you not feel guilt? You know, even if you were just on the set and if you were, let's just say he was just the producer. He wasn't, he wasn't an actor. He was just happened to be on set. He funded this. I would think you would feel guilty, right? And maybe he's trying to be very uh, intentional with his words and not say anything that might, you know, get him in trouble. But to say that you don't feel guilt, I don't, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. I don't understand why he did this interview. (laughs) I don't. Oh, this is really bad. It's making me so uncomfortable. And of course, Hillary took no time, wasted absolutely not a moment, not a millisecond to uh, turn the focus towards her and her relationship with Alec and how somehow this has something to do with their marriage. Okay, so she went on an Instagram and wrote this long post and the picture was of them at their wedding kissing and she wrote, I am here. I love you. And I will take care of you. These were the only words that came to me when we learned Helena had died. Is that something that you want to say? <laughs> what? 
So, okay. So then she goes on saying, like, I remember saying the phrase over and over again, the horrific loss, the torture to her family and you, my husband, somehow put in this unthinkable nightmare. That moment etched in my memory of photographers surrounding you on the phone with me, documenting your agony. I couldn't be near you to hug you. Our connection over the phone, a visual for the world to see. So I think she's referencing those two pictures that came out when he was on the set. I guess he must have been on the phone with hilaria something that we didn't need to know but thank you for telling us thank you i guess we're supposed to be feel, feeling bad for you about that um she then goes on to talk about how she's like afraid for him she doesn't want to lose him but then she like she goes on to say alec we're messy unfiltered and wear our hearts naked on our sleeves this makes us targets and we're so sensitive that to hurt us is easy as much as I want the pain to go, I can't imagine being any other way. It's just who we are and who we are together. So I go back to, I am here, I love you, and I'm going to take care of you. <laughs> we honor Helena and her family to hopefully figure out how this happened and whatever we can do to make sure it never happens again. My Alec, I'm here to he heal any of your pain that I can. I'm not going anywhere. Onward to being Alec and Hilaria. Messy, emotion strong, but lots and lots of love until the very end listen i'm not married so like i don't I, I like barely look men in the eye so like you know I, maybe i'm coming from a very different place i uh, it just seems like this is inappropriate girl like nobody gives a shit about the fact that you love this man of course you love him he's your husband i mean you should he's your husband right so like why we have to feel for you and why she's martyring herself is like, I'm here to save you and I'm here for you and I don't want to lose you and blah, blah, blah. It's just weird. Like these long odes to how you guys are a team at the end of the day, basically. Like, what do you want? What are we supposed to do with this? See, this is why. See, you know, I go back and forth. I'm like, damn, I did this like whole four part series on Patreon about Hillary and Alec and it, sometimes I'm like damn that's really unwell but then it's like how I was able to do four parts is because they do shit like this so you know <laughs> anyway uh, let's talk about something like much lighter than this okay so the much lighter thing that I wanted to talk about was how Machine Gun Kelly um accidentally stabbed himself in the hand so <laughs> that is lighter honestly that he pulled a full Dorinda uh, I, this man, this man is like, he's just trying so hard to be edgy and I just don't have time for that. Anyway, he was on Jimmy Kimmel and he explained, he's like trying to change his name to Colson Baker, by the way. I mean, that is his name, but like, he's trying to go by that publicly. <laughs> so, um, he was on Jimmy Kimmel and he said that like when he first started dating Megan Fox, that Travis, around that time, Travis Barker had given him a knife. And etched on the knife was something to do with a song that they had done together. Like, ugh. <laughs> the more I hear about Travis Barker, the more I'm like, damn, I've really wasted like 17 years being attracted to this man. Like, <laughs> ooh, you are who you're friends with, you know? You are who you surrounded yourself with. And the, I, you know, I should have thought about that. Anyway, um, so he got a knife. Travis gave him this knife. And then Colson was like, Yo, check this out. This is sick. And then he threw the knife up. And then when it landed, it landed in his hand. <laughs> and he goes, you know how you throw it up and you're supposed to catch it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Colson. We know when you throw things up, you're supposed to catch it. But you know what? Most people don't throw knives just willy-nilly unless they're trained in some sort of, like, circus act. You know, it's not just something that people do. So like, yeah, I understand. I understand gravity. I understand. <laughs> I understand how that works, Colson. Thank you so much. So then he says, I looked at her and I was like, check this out. And he's like, well, the next morning, so I guess she spent, he spent the night. Okay. And the next morning, as soon as she left, I was like, yo, I think I need stitches real quick. <laughs> okay. And then I noticed the thing about this that really tickled me is that I saw this article on Twitter and Colson tweeted a response that said clickbait much. But this was a clip of him saying that exact story on a show, just video proof of you saying this. So is that clickbait? 
or is that just an article? Cause like, I don't know, like maybe the blood loss is not making things connect for him. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe one more stitch, try another one. Maybe he'll get it together. Anyway, good luck to you, sis. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this man anymore. <laughs> Um, let's move on to something, just something that I found very interesting. Um, I feel like you guys are not going to think this is interesting. So I'm going to actually tease it out by uh, doing a quick break here. And then we'll move on. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Okay, so you guys know my girl, Elizabeth Holmes, not my girl, just to be clear, not my girl. (laughs) Elizabeth Holmes of Theranos is, uh, she's in trial right now. Um, It's not looking good for your girl. Um, So there are some things, a lot of wacky things that have come out of this trial. The thing that I found most interesting was her uh, daily regimen, her morning routine, if you will, from around 2005 to 2009. So I just want to go through this. She wrote this. It's handwritten her daily schedule from this a very expensive hotel in Singapore called Raffles. And it starts as follows. Okay. A 4 a.m. Rise and thank God. Uh, most things are not logical. 4 to 4.15, wash face, change. 4.15 to 4.45, meditate, clear mind. 4.45 to 5.20, work out. 5.20 to 6.20, change, shower, share, perfect. 6.20 to 6.30, pray. 6.30 to 6.45, breakfast, banana, way. She spells banana with four N's, by the way. 6.45, drive to T-H-E, lunch, salad with tofu and tabula, and green drink, dinner, broccoli with quinoa, garlic, soy, balsamic. And then at the end of it, it says, I do everything I say word for word. I'm never a minute late. And then there's the second one. It's just like mantras. Um, I show no excitement. Calm, direct, pointed, non-emotional. All about business. That's in caps. I'm not impulsive. I do not react. I'm always proactive. I know the outcome of every encounter. I do not hesitate. I constantly make decisions and change them as needed. I give immediate feedback, non-emotionally. I speak rarely. When I do, crisp and concise. I call bullshit immediately. My hands are always in my pockets or gesturing. I am fully present. Girl, are you okay? (laughs) The answer is a resounding no. And I'm aware of that, but babe. (laughs) Now... Elizabeth's defense, if you guys don't know, is her boyfriend. That her boyfriend was abusive. The man that she was, like, having a affair with, his last name is Balwani. Um, and she says that he was kind of the one, that he was always critical of her, that he would give her these things. Basically, just, like, call her a dumb bitch all the time and make her feel bad. And that, like, this was a schedule that 
not necessarily that he gave her, but that was uh, more the mantra side of things were of his design. The thing that really I find very strange, I don't know if strange is the right word about this, but mm, interesting, is that it's very clear that Elizabeth had a boner. I think that's a scientific term for Steve Jobs and his like, you know, wearing the same outfit every day, the regimen, the perpetual, like, stay in line, uniformity of it all. And it's just very ugh. <laughs> eye-rolly, cringeworthy, whatever the term is for me. It's just like, is that really what makes an excellent person? Honestly, I just can't imagine looking up to a man that much. <laughs> you would want to really, like do your whole look around him like girl where in that docket was time for you to do a vo5 hot oil treatment you know think about yourself and that's that's how real uh geniuses are made in my opinion anyway um so it just came out that sadly and by sadly i mean sadly for james kennedy uh raquel and james broke off their engagement i don't know why i didn't mention this because i had heard a few days ago that raquel had possibly allegedly given james back the uh engagement ring at the reunion which was filmed on friday I don't know why that didn't like hit me as very interesting. It just seemed maybe a little too fantastical, but they both announced jointly on their Instagrams that, yeah, they have decided to end, uh, to end their engagement, that they're, you know, they love each other. They're supportive of each other. You know, the typical thing, you know, after five wonderful years we've had together, we decided we have two different goals and made the decision to call off the engagement. We love each other very much, but we aren't in love anymore. We want nothing for the best for each other. So keep any thoughts positive. Sending love. Now, Raquel did not put her, uh, she turned her comments off. <laughs> but I, on my comments, if anybody was curious, it is a resounding, yay. Good for her. Congrats. I love that for Raquel. I'm so happy for Raquel. Raquel, thank God. <laughs> What did I think of them as a couple? I mean, like, they were fine. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you know, in my old age, it's like, we can look at relationships and say, this is not built to last, but they're fine. They're, they're establishing relationships that you get something out of it and then you move on with your day, right? Raquel and James had no business getting married to each other. Not really. Not really. Um, they really probably could have broken up a couple years ago, but I think Raquel got a lot out of it, honestly. And so did James. I think they matured a lot with each other and I think they needed that. And I think that's okay to say we're not in love with each other anymore, but we, we got good positive things. And I think that's actually pretty mature. Like now, are we going to do this? Like we're going to be best friends thing? No, we know James is going to ruin that immediately. If not sooner, it's probably texting her shitty things right now, you know, <laughs> but I, I like that for Raquel. Shout out to my friend Shira, who said that she wanted to see Raquel on Selling Sunset and honestly, you know, made the hairs on my arm stand up. It's just such a perfect fit. I am really not one for, and I probably done this like dozens of times on the show. So, you know, don't come for me. I'm about to be really hypocritical is that I don't tend to. I will say that I want somebody in another show, but I'm not really going to be that person to be like, oh, I want somebody on Housewives or, oh, I want this person to go from that show to that show. But honestly, I think Raquel going to Selling Sunset is a good fit. Don't you see Raquel as being an incredibly successful real estate agent? Right? You see it. I see her in the back of the Oppenheim group. I see her making friends with Heather Ray Young. I see her being like the protege to Chriselle. And and I love that. And I think that this might make for a better season 10 of Vanderpump Rules. I want, like, single Raquel. That'll be fun. Somebody brought up a great point of now, you know, James and Lala are both single again. And they were, they were made for each other in so many ways. Like, James is never going to find the kind of woman who will gesticulate wildly as he does his half-written 
half-hearted rap songs, you know? She, he's not going to find a girl like Lala who's going to really ride the lines of cultural appropriation for him, you know? That's something that he might need to take into consideration. Ugh. I don't want to talk about Lala, but I did hear that she is, or that she kind of discussed her uh, relationship on her podcast. Thank God for TikTok that I, they played the clip so I didn't have to go and, and put any more effort into it and just landed right on my For You page. Don't get it twisted, you guys. I did not look this up on my own. Um, but... She said in the clip, like, you know, there are things that I can't talk about. There's things that I want to be careful about. But she said that she, in hindsight, thinks that she was blind to a lot of things and that she, um, looking back, probably was projecting on other people, Sheena, uh, this season when her relationship was actually quite shitty. And then she says, but like, I'm okay with that. And see, this is why I don't fuck with Lala. You can't say, (laughs) I'm realizing that I treated other people shitty because of things that went on behind the scenes in my own relationship, but I'm okay with that. See, see, this is why Tom Sandoval was right, you guys. (laughs) Like, you can't say, it's not for you to say that you're okay with your bad behavior. If other people don't like it, you should deal with that. You can't just be like, well, I'm okay with it. Of course you're okay with it because you're not the victim of you being an asshole to people. What do you mean you're okay? (laughs) See? Oh, I can't stand her. I can't get her off my TV. Get her off. (laughs) Anyway, that's, that's enough for me talking about Lala. Let's move on to something else. Ugh. Uh, Should we talk about what's going on with this Josh Duggar trial? Ugh. It's bad, you guys. It's it's real bad. So the trial just began last week and the prosecution is basically setting up their defense. By the time you hear this now, I believe uh, this Monday, by the time the episode drops, they will be issuing their closing arguments or whatever. They'll be, they should be wrapping up their side. So... Here's the updates on what's going on with respect to the trial. So the defense, Josh's lawyers are basically trying to use the fact they're they're trying to poke holes anywhere they can. And unfortunately, based on what I'm reading, I kind of feel like they might be not right. Because here's the thing about court is that you have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that something is true and when with the questions that i saw were being asked and the holes that they were poking in the defense or in the uh whatever it's uh it's i I could see how possibly josh could get off on this and that actually really makes me absolutely disgusted so here's the deal when the feds found out what was going on with josh's computer they found images of child sex abuse josh duggar i guess i should i expect of you guys to be where i am at josh duggar is a duggar obviously from 19 kids accounting he was the one who had previously been it had come out that he had um sexually assaulted several of his sisters and another family friend around their age and that came out years after the show came on the show had to be restructured to take him out of it it was uh, there was a spinoff that was basically centered around the oldest daughters and their journeys into getting married and having babies and whatnot but then in 2019 there was a raid of josh's car lot and there was really no information between 2019 and uh earlier this year there were rumors nothing really came out until finally josh was uh arrested for possessing images of child sex abuse on his work computer at the car lot in which he owned and operated right so the story is there were a couple other people that worked on the lot it wasn't just him it was like another brother and just you know a couple of other people so 
when they came and they went to the car lot and they investigated all that stuff. They did a, a raid, took a bunch of stuff, the computer, his, his, Josh's phone, etc. cetera. Uh, they had found that there had been two situations happening on the computer. One, there was a program called Covenant Eyes in which it's used by, it's like a Christian based, like quote unquote accountability software Basically because Josh is disgusting and he's a pervert, his wife, Anna, set up this program on his computer to keep him from, to stop you from looking at porn. So they sign, you get the software, you have somebody who's accountable attached to the account. And so if somebody starts looking at porn or half a titty online, that person gets the report. And they go from there. So that was on his work computer and his phone. I believe he gave her total access in that way. Now, what they found on the work computer is that there had been a partition, a Linux partition set up. So that basically creates two computers into your one computer, two, two different operating systems. So you can do your little things, your holy little things and your work stuff on the covenant eyes. But then there's this partition where you can do whatever the hell you want. And that evades the software. Now, when this Linux partition was set up, there were also, uh, they downloaded software for tours, which gets you to the dark web where it's really, you know, un- seedy underbelly things happening there. Arms, drug sales, uh, you know, child images of child sex abuse, just things that you don't really, there's, it, it, it adds an anonymity to it that you don't get on the regular internet. Not a place you really want to be. It's not really good look, not really good look. So Josh is, there were lots of child images of child sex abuse, uh, downloaded onto that Linux side of the computer infamous things that I don't really want to get into, but there was one item that was listed as like by all accounts, the worst image of child sex abuse ever in record that 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 was accessed on that computer. So Josh's defense is that who, that somebody else did this to him, basically that somebody else was, could possibly have been creating remote access that they did this, that they got access to the the computer and, and they downloaded all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. Now here's the problem with that. Um, when you create remote access like that, I think like a lot of you guys have done zoom or some sort of video chatting where you can share your screen. Now that's basically the same thing as doing remote access. So if somebody was remotely accessing that computer, you would be able to see the activity on the original computer. So if I'm like, if I'm here and I had access to Josh, Josh's computer in Arkansas, he would be able, or whoever was at the car lot or whatever would be able to see exactly what I was doing as I was doing it in real time. They would be able to see what I was clicking on. They would be able to see what I was typing, that sort of thing. It's like basically share screen. So if this were to be true, then you're talking about somebody who was just like hoping against hope. Like if somebody was just playing these images of, of child sex abuse, that would just be on the computer for anybody to see it at, when you accessed it. So that seems... Highly unlikely that that would have happened. Um, there were also the defense is claiming that um, they were not very thorough in their accessing of these files, that they were, um, there was an iPhone at the car lot at the time that the, the feds came to seize it that was not taken, um, that there was, I guess the defense or the prosecution had seen that, uh, passwords used for these images of child sex abuse were the same as uh, uh, Josh had used for his everyday accounts, email, phone password, that sort of thing. Cause it used his uh, year of birth as part of the password. Um, there were also, Oh, so the claim was that like he had given at, he had told people the password 
to several people. Um, so basically he's just trying to throw people under the bus and say like, there's somehow a world in which somebody wanted him to go down. So what they decided to do, this one or possibly two people, one of them being his brother, his own brother, could have accessed this, created this Linux partition, um, you know, did all this stuff to frame him. Basically, he's saying that he's being framed. <laughs> so uh, it seems really, I, of course, I believe that he did all of these things without a doubt. The unfortunate thing is there were a lot of things that were like, okay, yeah, we didn't do this. We didn't do X. We didn't do Y. And that creates doubt. That creates something that is not beyond a reasonable doubt. And that really is concerning to me. So the there were only a few days in which these images of child sexual abuse were accessed on his computer. And they have geolocated his phone that says that he was on or around the car lot at the time that these uh, files were accessed. And, you know, I mean, it really doesn't look good, but there are just like a lot of holes poked. Um, I'm really interested in seeing how this goes. There are rumors that possibly Jill, the oldest sister will be potentially testifying, maybe another brother. Uh, we'll see. I, I want this man in jail. Bottom line. This man needs to be in jail. Uh, the there's a picture of Anna, his wife. They're walking hand in hand to the trial, and it's just like, oh my god, she just had their what seventh baby, the other not like maybe a month and a half ago. This that woman, I, I and have you ever experienced somebody who's more down bad than this? man's wife like i i can't even believe it actually i mean and as a side note just as a, somebody who knows the duggars i was kind of surprised that she was wearing something that exposed her knees but that's neither here nor there um i really don't want to talk about this anymore because it's disgusting i will be keeping up with you guys keeping you guys updated on it um as information is like pertinent as the um you know, once we hear the final verdict, I'll let you guys know. I imagine this is going to be a pretty quick situation. I can't imagine that, like, I mean, the pro his side will probably finish this week. I, they'll, I would imagine that this whole thing will be wrapped up before Christmas, for sure. So I will let you guys know. Um, let's move on to something messy, but not that kind of messy. And for you Married at First Sight heads... Wow. Wow, 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 Zach. Zach. So Reddit exploded the other day. And this all happened like pretty late at night. So by the time I was privy to it in the morning, a lot of things had been deleted. Nobody took screenshots and saved this shit. And I'm upset about it. So all I've been relying on is like a couple of different breakdowns of what exactly happened. And there was also a YouTube interview with a lady named, I shouldn't have introduced it like this because I can't remember her name. I think it's Elena, <laughs> a 20 year old or 21 year old girl from Houston. Now, Elena says that she moved to Houston not too long ago, just a couple months ago. And she had a friend who was a, uh, fan of Married at First Sight and said, hey girl, there's a guy named Zach. I think you'll find him really cute. He's on the show. And I can tell you right now, his relationship is not going to last. So maybe you slide into his DMs and see what's up. Maybe this will be a good a good look for you, right? So Lena looks him up and is like, oh yeah, he is cute. So she decides to DM him. This is all according to her. That within that first night, he Zach gave her his phone number and was like, hey, call me. Like he hit her back immediately. He was, hey, call me. And then when she looked back at his at the DMs that they had sent, that he had unsent that message with his phone number. So she says that they met that night. They hung out that night. That it moved pretty quickly. That they were. She sent screenshots of their text messages. And here's just basically the breakdown. So she comes on Reddit and she mentions it all. She's showing screenshots. Um, sex that got deleted of her showing, you know, meow, and that sort of thing. And she was saying that she had no idea that Zach had told her 
he had not dated anybody since being married to Michaela, that he was not attracted to Michaela at any point, that he didn't mention Bao, did not mention Bao, who he was dating at the same time as Elena, that he had, she was 20, he was like repeatedly offering her booze, like in a, in a pushy way in a pushy way um, that at one point they were going to be hooking up. And he said that he wanted to do it on un- have unprotected sex. And she, he was claiming not to have a condom and then magically one appeared, you know, typical um, that basically he's a horn dog. A lot of the things that I said about Michaela ended up turning, turning out to be true that he was, he's motivated by sex. There were text messages where he was like, she was texting, just having random conversation, just whatever conversation. And he's like, where are you? She's like, oh, I'm getting my nails done. Probably about 15 minutes away from me. He's like, damn, if I had known that, like, I would have gotten, I would have asked you for some quick head. <sighs> Excuse me? You were 27, 28 years old. Ask you for quick head. Excuse the hell out of, like, ew, what are you, 17? Grow up. So then he continues, like, she said something like, oh, you know, I'll, you know, if if we hang out tomorrow, I can do it as much as you want. And he's like, oh, okay, girl. But then he's like, oh, um, you know, I have stuff to do. I have plans to do. So you need to be gone by 630. Is that okay? She's like, yeah, okay. You know, just like the dumb shit that we do when we're 20, right? Um, And when men in their late 20s and early 30s manipulate us right and think that they make us feel like they're so special and there were screenshots of them being like i can't believe i got to meet you i can't believe you're in my life uh, you know she goes on to say that she once she figured out what was going on she hit him up and was like what the hell and he <laughs> he then threatened to harm himself and this got to the point where the his family members gotten involved and they had to contact him and he i guess threatened to harm himself with bow and she ended up having a conversation with bow hitting up bow in her dms and was like oh my gosh or i think we might be dating zach at the same time so bow was asking her like hey what's his phone number blah 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 so then they end up having a conversation bow was shocked to find out this information and very upset Zach and Bao have since unfollowed each other on Instagram. And Zach was basically just claiming, like he did on the show, to be a good boy this whole time. I never did anything wrong to you. I was single. I wasn't dating anybody. Just straight up lying to her. Had no explanation for Bao whatsoever. And it's just like a hot mess. It's just a hot mess. And then I heard at one point during this Ask Me Anything with Elena, Ryan of Brett and Ryan hopped in on the chat and was like, oh, you need to be careful and basically low-key threatened to sue her for speaking her truth. And was like, you need to watch your back. <laughs> Shut up, Ryan. See? <laughs> so here's my, here's my thing. Is what do we do with Married at First Sight now? Because we're at the point where the way they film... It's they can't make up for the mistakes of last season and implement those changes into the next season because by the time the last season ended, they've basically stopped filming or they're basically about to wrap up filming for the upcoming season. So how many Yeah, what are, how are we going to work this out, you guys? Like the experts end up being the heads. So I I tr- what I feel like is happening is that, like, how can we... I, I have always assumed that the experts have as much um, input into the matches as, say, you know, Randy Jackson did on American Idol, right? <laughs> like, probably, this is mostly just producer-driven, and then maybe they'll get to see a few people and put their input, but I feel like they're probably really at the late stages of forming these couples, Right. But what we see is they're the experts and we're supposed to believe that they are the ones who are ultimately making the decisions on these couples. Uh, So they're the figureheads. And so I like, do we change the experts? Do we, do the producers 
something must have shifted. Something must have shifted from wanting to have, like, making these intentional matches with people that they genuinely saw and just telling us that they're making these intentional matches with people that they genuinely see together. Because this was, what, the first season in which none of the couples really stayed together, unless you want to count Rachel and Jose, which I don't. Not really. (laughs) So... What are we going to do? Are you guys going to continue to watch a show if we continue to get seasons like Atlanta and Houston? Are you still interested in the show? That's what I'm curious about. Because I get the sense that people want, people are getting tired of the mess. Uh, I think people want mess, but only to a certain degree. Like we want a couple people to root for. And that has not happened in a couple of seasons. So it just is feeling like the production is getting sloppy with the matches and they thought that we would enjoy that as an audience, but we're not. And I just want to know when that's going to be corrected or if it's going to be corrected, because if not, they're going to lose like a lot, a lot of large audience. And I know that this season had uh, dipped in ratings. So they really got to get yourselves together. Lifetime. Good luck with that one. Good luck with that. Um, all right, guys, y'all know I was going to talk about this night. You know, I saved it for last. So <laughs> let's get into it. All right. Before we get into Tristan, let's take a break. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. So the great poet named Ludacris said a very pointed thing that I think will um, put us in the right state of mind for this story. He goes on to say, can't turn a hoe into a housewife. Hoes don't act right. There's hoes on a mission and there's hoes on a crack pipe. Hey, ho, how you doing? Where you been? Probably doing hoe stuff because there he ho again. Okay. Um, Tristan. Mm, mm, mm. So, you know, as it's a day, it's been about 14 and a half minutes. So, of course, we find out that Tristan has cheated on Chloe once again. And this time, he's really made it count. because He's got another baby on the way. So, mazel, mazel to Prince and True Thompson. You Here you go with another sibling. Have fun. So a Texas-based, well, now now she's moved to L.A., um, a, a trainer, physical trainer, has by the name of Marilee Nichols, claims that she's due to give birth to a baby boy December 3rd. So we're a couple days out of that. No word on whether this baby has been, well, more on that later. Um, and that baby is uh, Tristan Thompson's, okay? Um, so apparently she's saying that the baby was conceived in Houston back in March. This is around Tristan's 30th birthday, because unfortunately, he is a Pisces, if I'm not mistaken. Now, we just want to get into the uh, astrological part of the Kardashians. Let's get into it. So many are Geminis. Kanye. Actually, it might just be Kanye. No, Kanye North. Okay. Um, then we have Scorpios. Aplenty. Kendall. Chris. Corey. Caitlin. And then we got a lot of Pisces. We got uh, Rob, Food God, and now Tristan. So 
there you go um and yes you guys i at some point in the patreon i'm going to read them for filth don't worry about this maybe we'll maybe that'll just be january okay you know what i'm, I'm gonna say this patreon.com slash evvm podcast i'm gonna mention it all about the kardashians we're, we're gonna get into it you guys okay um anyway back to back to now so marley says that she met up with uh, with tristan in houston well she didn't say that she claims to have had a five month long relationship with tristan um so interesting that tristan's birthday came about and one chloe kardashian wrote a very um lovely and kind and i'm in a relationship with this guy kind of post on instagram about how grateful she is and how he's um really been doing the work (laughs) for their relationship and to make her feel safe and secure (laughs) meanwhile she's throwing this man a 30th birthday and then a few days later Tristan's in Houston with Mara Lee just busting down Tatiana before his birthday, after his birthday. He had an event in Houston for his birthday. She drove him there. And then afterwards, he beat the brakes off of her and in the morning. And (laughs) I mean, (laughs) dog. Let me just go on with the story. Okay, so there have been there were file there were court files in which Tristan fully admits to this. So this is not like a rumor. This is not like over the summer when that girl went on uh, uh, the No Jumper podcast and said that she was hooking up with him. This is like irrefutable proof. Tristan is copping to all of this in the worst possible way. So back in July. Tristan had asked Marley to take a paternity test. She has not taken one as of like a couple weeks ago. Um, but Tristan did claim in this suit, in this paternity suit, that he would take care of the child and would pay child support if it is his. Tristan also acknowledges having sex with Marley several times at a hotel, but he claims that this is the only time that they slept together, even though it was like several times during this period that that was the only incident the only date in which they had sex now marley's like i said claiming that they had been in a relationship for five months at least five months before his 30th birthday so a serious overlap this isn't like you know like they were fully he and chloe were like fully in a relationship leading up to this fully together she's claiming they were together as well she says that that part of their relationship was that he that she would travel to California several times um that this was after even after she got pregnant that they were you know still continuing on with their relationship this is Tristan's side he says when we got to my hotel room we immediately had sexual intercourse uh, she pr- initiated our sexual contact and never objected to have to our having sexual intercourse. She was very awake and conscious and did not exhibit any signs that she was uh, other than a willing participant in our sexual activities. We did not drink at ho- we did not drink at my hotel room, and she was not drunk. After we had sexual intercourse, she specifically asked me if she could spend the night because it was her his quote special birthday as she called it. I told her I had to get up early in the morning, but she said it would not be an issue for her. After we had sexual intercourse, we went to bed. We were both naked sleeping with one another. Before I left the hotel, we had sexual intercourse again in the morning. So now he's copping to at least three times that they had sex during this point. Now that was in March. Let's do that. Okay. When is his actual birthday? Let's, Let's Google that. Okay. So I can't see when. Okay. So his birthday is March 13th. Chloe posted his birthday thing, obviously, on March 13th, but she posted pictures from the party that she sent with him on that day, meaning that the party happened prior to his birthday. Now, I'm assuming I can't get any idea of when that Houston birthday party was, but it may have been like on his birthday or very soon after because she says that that party happened a few days after the party that Chloe threw for him. So if it could not get, if it wasn't messy before, it gets even messier because Tristan then tries to quote unquote fix the problem. And I'm using big quotes around that. If you guys know what I mean, 
He tried to fix the problem. He really suggested that she just terminate the pregnancy. And then she has screenshots of his uh, text to her that is just like, what the hell, dude? He says, you know how I feel. My feelings haven't changed at all. Won't be involved in all. BTW, if you think having this baby is going to make you some money, it's completely wrong. You're aware that I'm retiring after this season. So in terms of support, it will be whatever is required monthly income for someone who's unemployed. It's Texas, Texas, so it'll only be a couple hundred dollars. So you're better off. He offers her $75,000 to abort the baby. So you're better off taking the 75K I'm offering because you won't get nothing near that with having a kid with a father who's unemployed. All you will do is have a baby with a father who has zero involvement with the child and a few hundred dollars of child support a month. My God. He's also claiming that Marley, because she moved from Houston to California, she's quote venue shopping in order to um, game the system into getting more child support out of him because in Texas it would be much less than if she was in California. Um, and he also wants that paternity case moved to Texas because of that. Um, <laughs> whatever. He has not expressly, expressly denied that he is the father, but he is really like, you know, g- giving her a hard way about this. Um, and to go back to her December 3rd, uh, due date. There was a post on Instagram from a like at Marley Nichols Instagram profile that introduced this guy, this baby named Angelo Cash Thompson and talking about how like they're hoping that the lawsuit will bring them together. That turned out to be fake, I I think. Um, I think that baby was like not even the baby. So I don't know if she's given birth yet. That was just her due date. Um, Here's my thing like i mean do i even need to go into chloe i mean you played yourself sweetheart but you keep doing that with this man and i don't know why but then i had a thought you guys this is what i really want to think about um so on the show chloe and tristan had some pretty direct uh and i would say concrete conversations about moving forward with having a baby together. And, and uh, Tristan said that he always envisioned himself having four kids. And I believe she froze her eggs because she was having fertility issues of her own. And she was going to have a, have to have a surrogate basically. And she was talking to Kim about it. And even at that point was still having reservations, even though Kim was like, you know, it's not any different. It feels like your baby. She was, kind of hesitant about that whole situation so obviously unless something happened they didn't have another child but my thought is because they were so uh you know willing to move forward i wonder if she's got like some fertilized joints you know she she would you know imagine having a situation frozen on ice with a man who behaves this way. Because I'll tell you this, ladies, you don't want a man who's disrespectful towards other women, you know, <laughs> like that, that's about the worst thing. Don't let this man's respect to you cloud the fact that he's disrespectful to other women. You saying like, you're better off taking this money because I'm about to be unemployed, which first of all, I don't think that's true. I don't know if Tristan can afford to retire and then just be straight up unemployed for the rest of his life. Because from what I know about Tristan, I mean, he's got like a few million in the bank, but not like that, bro. (laughs) Not like that for you to be like, I'm going to go out like LeBron could have retired at 30. I don't think Tristan can, you know, and I think that's a lie. And also, like, I just can't imagine wanting to continue a relationship if nothing else stops Chloe from talking to this man and letting this man enter her. It should be this, that, like, you don't want a guy who talks to other women that way. Like, isn't that a turnoff to you? Like, if I knew that it's bad enough that he cheated it's another thing that he was like 
so cold toward her. Y'all know what I mean? Like, get you a man who is at least respectful about it. Like, if he's going to cheat on you, <laughs> at least have him, like, cheat on you in a nice way in which he is, like, respecting the other. Like, y'all know what I mean? Like, it's one thing to cheat. It's another thing to be cheating and to be shitty to, to this other woman. Does that make sense to you guys? <laughs> like, this is weird. Chloe, get help. Of course, you know, Chloe did what she typically does in Chloe fashion, which is post on Instagram stories. Now, you guys know that I can't see them because she blocked me on, on the podcast. I mean, I could see them, but I'm I'm respecting her boundaries. So the things that I see <laughs> are... are um, just from uh, uh, articles and stuff. So she, 37 years old, you guys, posted a quote on Instagram that said, I don't have time for negative energy. And even when I do, I still don't. And then she says another one that says, you're currently living at least one of the prayers you used to pray. <laughs> Which prayer, girl? Which prayer are you living right now? Because <laughs> I, I, did you pray for this? Is that what you want to tell us, girl? Is that what you mean? That you prayed for this? Babe. Baby. Um, oh, God. <laughs> Chloe. Closephine Baker. What is with us? Like, get help. Get help. How long are you going to make... How many times are you going to let this dude fucking embarrass you? Because she knows. She knows this game, how this game works. It, it works with every ex-boyfriend soon as they do something, you're the one who's trending. You're the one whose name is the top trending name on Twitter. You're the one whose people's getting these jokes off. You're the one where people are making memes about Chloe. Me. I'm making memes about you. They're not making memes about Tristan because we already know who he is. And we already know what kind like, is once, you know, fool me once. Fuck, fuck somebody in the club once. Shame on me. Fuck. Make out with my little sister's friend. Shame, you know, shame on me again motorboat somebody in the club shame on you make out with my sis- little sister best friend shame on me you know and and after that point we, we got nothing for you baby girl we got nothing for you so prayers up for true and that's it okay thank you guys <laughs> so much for listening this was fun it was a nice little fun as seen on the internet episode i i hope you guys enjoyed it thank me for speaking i love you